This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. Well, we are 20 years into this opioid epidemic. And only one in five of the 2.4 million Americans with opioid use disorder receive treatment. And less than half of them receive effective evidence-based treatment. Um, Our guest today, Dr. Adam Bisaga, is an addiction uh, psychiatrist, clinician, researcher, and professor of psychiatry at Columbia University and the author of Overcoming Opioid Addiction. Um, It's a fantastic book, and he's here to discuss why opioid use disorder is different than other types of addiction and therefore requires different treatment, as well as why it should be treated as a medical rather than a criminal problem. Um, And so we'll discuss what medication-assisted treatment is and what it would mean for us as a society. Dr. Bisaga, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me and for your interest in this very important issue. And I'm hoping that we can have... discussion on that. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, people know me because I have my podcast and I have a, a, a book that was published called Rewired, which is um, for people in recovery. And uh, I discussed a more of a holistic way in which we train our brain for healthier habits. And I work with a lot of people um, at treatment centers. Um, I, I do counseling and teach groups. And a lot of those clients have, um, you know, heroin addictions, opioid addictions, prescription pill addictions. And so, you know, I see it, I see it every day. It's just massive amounts, waves of 20 year olds coming in, 30 year olds, but just so many people dying left and right. And it's, it's really a epidemic in this country. And so I appreciate you and all the work you're doing around, um, you know, creating this awareness around ways in which we can heal this community and hopefully save some lives. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, and, and, and Dr. Bisaga, you know, I, I got a chance to, to read um, o- Overcoming Opioid Addiction, which is a, the most fantastic book, and I really um, gained tons of information from that book, so everybody should go out there and get it. <laughs> Can you... Uh, oh, thank you. I'm not, I, I, I was hoping that the book will say something different for an average family member or even a professional who is working in this field, that yeah. they may not really fully know what um, what is the evidence and how we understand um, opiate addiction based on the medical scientific mm-hmm. model and how we can then use it to inform treatment. And mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, some of the things were, were new in the book, even for, for yourself, who is kind of very well versed in this, in this mm-hmm. field. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's so much to discuss because I, I, I know people are listening today that will be, um, you know, that are touched by this and family members and everybody wants solutions. Um, you know, a lot of the treatment centers out here are using Suboxone um, right. to to help people uh, wean off the heroin or, you know, kind of acclimate to a sober lifestyle with it. And then there's a lot of, you know, people that own treatment centers are against it. They do not accept people that are on Suboxone. So could you, could you talk to us a little bit about what that is if people aren't, you know, familiar with what Suboxone is and kind of tell us about your work and, and kind of where sure. where your work is going? Right. So that's kind of, uh, as you said, a tragedy that we're witnessing, that even though we have a lot of treatment programs, right, we seem mm-hmm. to not be able to uh, curb this epidemic, that people mm-hmm. go to treatment, get discharged, and often relapse and Absolutely. overdose and die as a result of the relapse because the opioids that we 
people have access to uh, today are very different than than painkillers that were at the beginning of this epidemic. So it's clear that the traditional treatment system is really no match for the today's very powerful opioid. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the research done uh, have shown that the traditional model of treatment, which is detoxification and the treatment that only relies on behavioral strategies, is not effective. You know, 70 to 90% of people will relapse, will not be helped long term by this approach. And the mm-hmm. only approach that works that we know, um, again, with a kind of repeated, very well-controlled, extensive body of research, is the treatment that involves medications, medication that will help stabilize the brain that is very unsettled, you know, right after detoxification or even in the middle of the, of the, of the full-blown addiction. And mm-hmm. unless you pay attention to what's happening in the brain, unless you use medical treatment, uh, you have very little chance that you can have someone being able to kind of recover without a medical mm-hmm. intervention. It doesn't mean that it's not possible, but it happens very infrequently. And using right. medical model can actually double or triple the chances that someone will survive. Thank you for listening to Rewired Radio. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors, Professional Revenue Recovery Services. With the ever-changing landscape of private insurance reimbursement, the challenges of maintaining the health of your revenue cycle may seem insurmountable. From complicated billing and clinical guidelines to changing fee structures and more, today's behavioral health providers need an ally to help optimize the revenue cycle and ensure the stability and security of the revenue so that they can focus on providing quality care for their clients. My sponsor, PRRS, is a full-service revenue cycle management company that specializes in serving the behavioral health community. They offer traditional billing and collection services as well as utilization management, verification of benefits, training, and consultation. Additionally, they offer transitional and support services for facilities looking to self-manage their own revenue cycle. For more information on Professional Revenue Recovery Solutions, PRRS, go to www.prrsinc.com or to speak to a revenue management expert, you can call them at 1-888-405-3118. Well, can I ask you, Dr. Basagat, so, you know, like if, so for instance, if people are starting to, you know, they get sober and they're starting to use uh, medicine like Suboxone, for instance, as an example, to get sober. So they, they, still the emotional and mental, you know, narrative maybe that they have is I need still a drug to, to be present and sober. I, you know, like it, it's still, there's still like this attachment that they're not okay just as they are. Right. So for, for me, you know, that's one of the things where a lot of my clients will say, I don't want to be on anything because right. I want to be sober for the first time in my life. And I've seen clients nodding off in my group that are on Suboxone and they're, they're high. Right. They're not even, you know, so there, there is, there, there has to be, you know, some, um, I guess, uh, you know, some attention or expert, some expert or doctor that is constantly working with people, which I feel like they, they write these scripts and then give them to these clients sure. and these clients don't know how to manage it themselves, you know? So you've touched on many points, you know, and yeah. all of them will deserve <laughs> kind of uh, adequate yeah. response, of course. But yeah. um, first of all, the, the kind of thinking that the only way to recover from a drug addiction is 
without using any other psychoactive substances. It's obviously a kind of traditional model from the 30s, right? When recovery mm-hmm. from addiction was a spiritual practice that right. required the full abstinence from all substances. We didn't know anything about what's happening in the brain of people that are struggling with addiction and when they right. are actually yeah. stop using drugs. So we know mm-hmm. much more about that. We can pinpoint the changes that are happening. And we also mm-hmm. know how medication can alleviate those changes to make possible for people to actually uh, feel relatively well, to, to sleep mm-hmm. well, to be able to focus on treatment, on recovery, and not be constantly preoccupied with intense, intense craving that basically right. prevents them from doing anything else in life. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if, if there was any other psychiatric or neurological disorder and we had this evidence, and we had an evidence that there is a medication that can actually alleviate symptoms so you can um, you know, go on with your life and focus on other things, we would not hesitate or criticize of using psychiatric medications to treat bipolar or schizophrenia, right? No one really right, thinks absolutely. that you can yeah. overcome schizophrenia using spiritual interventions. Yet we <laughs> right. somehow feel that uh, opiate addiction is, is different, even though it's more lethal actually than any other psychiatric disorder. You know, people also mix together alcoholism in various, you know, shapes and forms and opiate addiction and feel that what worked for alcoholism should work for opiate addiction. Again, without any evidence that those are similar conditions. Those are very different conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we don't treat every addiction with 12-step and spiritual practices, right? No one one really treats smoking cessation by putting people in the groups, you know, and asking them to go every day to the group and focus on, you know, uh, talking right. about their, um, you know, weaknesses and how they can right. uh, follow spiritual practices. But yet yeah. we expect for some reason that opiate addiction falls into this category. So, you know, um, I think that's just one thing kind of conceptually how we see opiate addiction. I think something that might have been relevant, you know, 70 years ago, I don't think is really justified this day. Um, but to address your yeah. question about the medical treatment, of course, medical treatment can be done well or not well, right? And it happens right. yeah. all the time. You know, yeah. we are really talking about medical treatment done well. Medications are very effective, but have side effects. And the role of mm-hmm. the physician is to manage those side effects. So right. then, right. again, I think the issue is here that the treatment of addictions and opiate addiction has been managed by non-medical professionals who, of course, have mm-hmm. kind of limited experience and knowledge about how to use medications. People sure. tend to see neg- negatives rather than positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that I'm advocating is to have um, a medical model to be on the forefront, not necessarily to replace the traditional model, but at least, you know, to help people stabilize to yeah. the most vulnerable time in their life, which is the first yeah. few months after they stop using drugs, to at least protect them against overdose. And mm-hmm. after that, yeah. once they are a little bit stable to take advantage of the, you know, the, a lot of experience of the traditional, mm-hmm. traditional program. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think what, what is a plus if you're on, a, you know, um, if you're on something like Suboxone and you're on, you know, any mm-hmm. kind of medicine that's helping you stabilize is during that time too to learn the emotional, mental, and, and I guess spiritual, um, you know, um, lessons that you do need to learn, which is, let's say, communicating properly, having healthy relationships, um, self-care, you know, I mean, basic self-care and, and being proud of yourself and having self-love and self, you know, all those things also need to be taught because Absolutely. people are coming from very 
dark, shameful places. And, Absolutely. you know, just the, just the medication by itself won't work either. So it's like we have to integrate all of this together, I right. think. Absolutely. No one, is, no one is talking about replacing one mother in another. But unless no, no. you are survive, unless you stay alive, you won't have an opportunity to do everything else. Exactly, and we know that yes. the risk of death is the highest in the first few months. That at yeah. that point, we have to really focus on um, on preventing overdose, right? Mm-hmm. After that, you're absolutely right. Some people will be very open and eager to take advantage of all the other um, supports and help and treatment. Some mm-hmm. people will not need it. Some people don't. You know, the only thing that happened in their life was that they, you know, had a bad genes and developed opiate addiction. But otherwise, mm-hmm. they're well-functioning, well-adjusted, have a lot of resources, support in the community. Yeah. They are not going to need a lot of help, um, (laughs) but many will, you know. Um, So, you know, I think the the whole idea is to have this kind of stage approach. And actually, the the research shows that about 50% of people who start with medication, let's say buprenorphine, we're talking about this medication, Uh will Uh do well without additional therapy, right? They will do well, be stable and functional, have improvement in health without Uh any additional treatment. But the Uh remaining 50% will not have optimal response. Those are often people with psychiatric problems, psychological issues, medical problems, you know, of course, uh, issues with emotional, emotional issues. Absolutely. And they will need and benefit from additional treatment. But we cannot do it the other way around. Right. You cannot first focus on, um, you know, providing support. And only when they fail, you're going to go with the medical treatment because failure is unacceptable. Failure is deadly. Right. Mm -hmm. Failure is very costly. And mm-hmm. it's not consistent with any evidence. You know, it is very clear. I mean, people say often that, yes, medication works, but it works for some people. Other people don't need medication. That's not mm-hmm. true. There is no really evidence that shows that. The evidence repeatedly shows that medication is significantly better than alternatives, which is treatment, intensive treatment without medication. All the yeah. international and professional guidelines support use of medication as the first line. Yet mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. knowledge doesn't really trickle down into the traditional programs, And it is the traditional programs that influence how the community, families and patients see addiction. You mm-hmm, know, so people mm-hmm. get information about treatment of addiction, a very serious disorder from people who are not medical people who have kind of limited experience, right? As right, opposed right. to going and seeking medical advice from someone who has knowledge, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. do it for any other medical condition. You wouldn't have, you know, someone with a cancer or, or, or severe liver disease going and seeking non-medical advice. You would definitely, um, you know, be advised and go to seek medical attention. This is not happening here. And that's just one of many, many arguments that we have for trying to expand how people see addiction. And I think the, the mm-hmm. book and, and the work we do, educational, is kind of trying to really change the perception that opioid addiction is unlike other uh, addictions. It's, it's serious, and, and, and if you don't treat serious, it's chronic, and if you don't treat, the chance of dying is extremely high. Deadly. But that we yeah. have highly effective treatment, and we need to uh, help people take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's just a lack of centers in, in the United States that have this kind of uh, medical-assisted treatment. And it's also very, very difficult to find evidence-based treatment because, you know, it, it's hard for centers to say, hey, this is my our relapse rate. I mean, you don't know. People disappear. People right. don't tell you the truth. I mean, you know, I've, I've had 
I've had conversations with people mm-hmm. in the financial industry that want to invest in, in treatment centers and they're like, what's the evidence based? What's, you know, we want, right. we want to see numbers. There is none. <laughs> there is, right. it's right. very exactly. hard to quantify that. Yeah. Right. But we have evidence for medical model, right? And right. we know right. that medical models more work for other, mm-hmm. work for other medical problems. We were able to overcome HIV epidemic, right? Right. We had, right. At, at the peak of HIV epidemic, we had the same number of deaths. And as soon yeah. as effective medications became available, a few years later, the, the death went down by half. We right. have seen in other European countries that have a very high rate of overdose deaths from heroin. Once they mm-hmm. mounted a, a public health medical response, the rates went down. You know how much more likely you are to die of opiate addiction uh, living in the U.S. versus in Europe? You know, 30 to 40 times right. much mm-hmm. more likely to die because, again, there is no treatment. Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. perception of what works is very different and inaccurate, and mm-hmm. it's just um, you know it's just staggering how different we are mm-hmm. because of the issues that we're just starting to to touch on. You mentioned. Well, I hope I hope this country does turn towards different solutions and trying new things. I mean, that's the problem is the closed mindedness of of the way things are. And obviously there's always so much, you know, that goes on behind the scenes, financial reasons why they don't hire psychiatrists and doctors. They hire people with just, you know, certificates and things, right. you know, I mean, it's not to say these people aren't incredible healers and helpers and stuff Absolutely. too, but we, we do, we do need, we do need um, a holistic approach and, and having people that are, you know, doctors in this field. So as you're well, right. Because, being involved you know, in. because we've been doing the treatment in a traditional way, we're using non-medical professionals. We kind of assume that, you know, if we have an epidemic, we're going to do more of it. And that, that hasn't really worked, right? We, we mm-hmm. have been uh, painfully watching that the epidemic doesn't slow down. If anything, it, it's accelerating because the drugs that we have these days, fentanyl, are so much more deadly. So mm-hmm. um, you're right, the response has to be different. You know, it's like, like a medical response, you know, public health response, you know, looking at the reducing harm from use and, yeah. and trying to have a range of of course, a range of services. You know, ideally, we have a range of services, and ideally, we have them available to anybody at no cost. That's how that mm-hmm. how it is set mm-hmm. up in in Europe, and it saves a lot of money. You know, treating know, opiate well. addiction with very inexpensive medications actually it financially uh, makes a lot of sense. Of uh, and other countries have shown that, and um, you know, that's really what we are uh, advocating for for people to to kind of be open to. Uh, I, hope, I hope it happens. You know, yeah. Yeah. I hope it happens. Yeah. Here. But, you know, I think at least the stigma is being lifted a bit and it's it's being discussed more openly in our media and the news. I mean, for, for obviously tragic reasons, but at least it's being talked about a bit more, um, you know, and, and again, sure, people but, are suing yeah. pharmacy companies. Yeah. Doctors are going to jail. I mean, there's been a lot going on in the past 10 years in this country. Um, around this, you know, the prescription pills, the pill mills in Florida. I mean, there's there's so right. much going on, you know. Right, and we have some excellent, uh, you know, responses. So, um, you know, having asking doctors to check whether they prescribe, they are the only prescribers, have significantly decreased prescribing. Right. Yes. We know that the deaths deaths from mm-hmm. deaths from painkillers went down. This part of the epidemic is going down. The problem is that it's being replaced by. People are now addicted to heroin and fentanyl, but we were able yeah. to curb overprescribing. You know, we are no longer mm-hmm. giving 30-day supply. We only give seven-day supply of the pain medication. So there have yeah. been uh, responses on the on the supply side, but we need a, a different thinking about treatment, or at least expanding what we're offering. And yes. uh, why not to take advantage of the doctor and the pharmacy that's in every community that mm-hmm. could provide treatment? You know, all we want is for 
you know, in this country, less than 3% of the doctors want to treat opiate addiction. In Europe, mm-hmm. in France, it's 25% of the doctors that treat opiate yeah. addiction, right? Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. Well, it's clearly stigma. It's clearly how the, the, the healthcare is financed. But, but it's a staggering difference, right? The why mm-hmm. doctors are so much more likely to be open to help these patients because they don't see them as someone who has you know, bad criminal behavior who are doing it to right. themselves. Right. Are or they're less than, they, yeah. Right, less than. They, they see them as someone who has just chronic disorder, like, like HIV, TB, hepatitis, hypertension, no different. You know, they're a part that they can control. They, should, they can control whether they take medications or not, what they eat, you know, whether they exercise or not. But part is beyond their control. It's their, you know, organ that is damaged, the brain in this case. And they know mm-hmm. that the medication can ha- stabilize the brain. So when you but, see yeah. the opiate addiction like that, it's easy to treat it as a medical disorder, right? Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. But but there's also, you know, it, it, but addiction is so much more than just the disorder because there is a lot of behavioral issues that come. I mean, I have 20-year-olds that I work with day in and day out that have had a lot of trauma that they've caused themselves. They are, they've criminalized themselves. They're in jail. They've, they've stolen, they've cheated. They've, they've done horrific things that when they're hijacked by heroin, they would never do in their right mind, you know? So there is a lot, there is a lot of other things to overcome and, and it's, it's haunting them at times as well. They they feel like they're not worthy of health. They're not worthy of recovery. They're not worthy of getting better. Everyone that's loved them has left them. I mean, there's, there's so many different stories out there that it is more than just stabilizing them because even though yes you're right that will save their life to begin with but after that too they just keep relapsing because of the emotional baggage and trauma a lot of them have had childhoods where there was abuse physical um you know there's there's so much going on sexual abuse i mean i have the majority of of the women that are in my clinics are all been sexually abused you know so there's there's a lot that's going on just besides that Absolutely. They have psychiatric and social problems and they need a lot of help and resources, but that's separate from addiction, right? I mean, a lot of these behaviors is, first of all, consequence that, um, you know, the drugs are illegal and that you get into trouble with the law. But you're right. You know, there is at least half of the people have co-occurring other disorders that make it very difficult for them. Well, they've been through trauma. They've been through a lot of trauma. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So they need psychiatric treatment. They need services. But that's kind of different than, than... than addiction, but it kind of gets all put together and people feel like, oh, this is insurmountable problem because no matter what we do, it doesn't help. I would yeah. say that we, there are things that we can do to make sure that they can then stay alive and have a brain, you know, have a mind that actually a can focus to work on this. You know, yeah. doing yeah. other solutions. But if we mm-hmm. send them to 20-day rehab and then expect them to do well because they receive treatment, so we don't really understand the nature of the chronic disorders, we are not going to have any good outcomes, Right. But if you can mm-hmm. stabilize them with this buprenorphine or naltrexone, right? We didn't talk about this, but for people who don't want to take opiate-like drug, they can take naltrexone, right. extended release naltrexone, right. which is not an opiate drug. But as long as they take medication, the, the mind is quiet, they're not going to relapse, so then they can focus on rebuilding their life, which mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. A lot of people mm-hmm. need to focus on that. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but we just want to kind of separate um, mm-hmm. those few issues. But, but it is true that, you know, some people say that this wave of opiate addiction has to do with economical changes in this mm-hmm. country, right? That there is yeah. limited access to resources, other sources mm-hmm. of enjoyment, you know, the breaking down on kind of social structures. Uh, 
that kind yeah, of contributes, I mean, right? Yeah, so, there's patterns, their parents are addicts, you know, I mean, it's just, there's this, you know, every story is different. Every story is different. Right, that's right true. And, yeah. and a lot yeah. of this is hereditary, no matter what uh, family you grew up with or whether you have a job or not, if your brain is, you know, susceptible to become addicted, if you get exposed mm-hmm. to heroin, you're going to become addicted. You're absolutely yeah. right, no matter whether yeah. you have, you know, a lot or a little resources. So, right. so it is complex. I'm not trying to say the medication. No, is yeah, I know. The problem. Yeah. All that I'm trying yeah. to say is to put medication before you do all the other intervention because you have yes. to actually have them, you know, stay alive, come right. back to treatment, and have a mind that is relatively kind of stable to be able right. to take advantage of all the others. You're right. And, um, that, that that is the best argument. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, Dr. Bisaga, I, I so appreciate you being with us today. I think everybody will get so much out of such a wealth of knowledge out of your book. I really think it's beautifully written and, and, and so informational. So I really appreciate you um, coming on and, and writing this um, for this community. Oh, so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. So t- tell again, everyone where they uh, could they hopefully. could find you. If, if you don't mind, if they need to get a hold I'm of sorry. you, or do you have a, is there a website that, or anywhere you want to no, just tell I everybody? Don't have, you know, I, most of my work is the academic work. So I do research, yeah. develop new treatment and, you know, I have some academic website, but I don't have a specific website. Okay. So, and, and the that, book is available on Amazon? The book is available in every bookseller and the book is uh-huh. inexpensive. It's a paperback. So we wanted this uh-huh. to be easily accessible to everybody. Um, yeah. Big sections of the books are available for preview and um, oh, and again, and I'm hoping that people will have at least a little bit different view of when they are seeking information. You know, it, yes. it is very difficult to be in a position like that to desperately try to find what's the right answer. Even if you have uh, resources, you don't know where to turn to because everything on the Internet seems to have promised wonderful outcomes. Right. Yeah, and, and exactly. I, we just wanted to have a little bit of what, you know, how, um, you know, the science and medicine, medicine sees that. Uh, solution yeah. to that, and I'm hoping that people will be will be open and will see the doctor or see the addiction doctor and and talk more about the options that they will of have course. another option, but going right. to, to to the residential program. And why not? Thank we you, should Erica. explore mm-hmm. every option. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. You're listening to Rewired oh, Radio. Yeah, listening to Rewired Radio. I'm I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us today, and stay well.